0: This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us for a Wednesday hump day edition of the podcast. A lot to get to on today's show. Had a fantastic chance, or a fantastic interview, I should say, with BYU offensive line coach Eric Mateos. You'll hear that on today's edition of the show. Very pointed uh, answers to some of the issues with the BYU offensive line, but also some praise for his guys as well. You'll hear that in the second segment of today's show. We're running on some of the other news news notes when it comes to BYU football, the depth chart in particular heading into USF as well as some insider information from our practice insider in the first segment and of course catching you up on everything else going on in BYU sports in the last part of the show. So a lot to get to on today's show brought to you by our title sponsor Deseret First Credit Union as well as our good friends at All Guard Pest Control and Vivid Seats. We'll tell you about all three of them as today's show rolls on so let's get to it. This is Locked On Cougars for October 9th. 2019 What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU Insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, as a radio producer, but I love being the host of this show and talking BYU sports with you guys each and every day. Thanks again for your continued support of the show. Please follow the show on whichever podcatcher you choose to f- use us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google uh, Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, the Himalaya Podcast app, whatever you choose to listen on. Give us a good star rating, a five star rating. In particular, if you don't mind, as well as a favorable rating and review, they really do help us out in terms of getting the word out about this daily podcast, all focused on the Cougars. All right, some news and notes coming out. I'm uh, looking at the BYU depth chart this week. A few minor notes I probably should have noted earlier in the week, but let's run down them real quick. Emmanuel Asupa is your starting running back this week officially. Lopini Katoa is the backup. There is no or between their two names, as well as having two new running backs enter the depth chart. Sione red redshirt freshman from Kearns High School listed as the third string running back, and then returned missionary running back Jackson McChesney, a freshman from Lone Peak High School, is now listed as the fourth string running back. He's been mainly running with the scout team early on this season, but he's now entering the depth chart, meaning he's probably getting a few more reps with the actual first team and second team offenses during practice. Um, Some of the notes to run down for you is the offensive line has a clear delineation of starters as well as backups at this point. Uh, Chandon Herring and Kiefer Longson, who An or next to their name at the left guard spot Chandon Herring now listed as the clear starter at that position Uh, and speaking with our practice insider yesterday actually Kiefer Longson is in a walking boot Uh, It looks like he's probably not going to play at least this week I don't know how long or how severe that injury is but he is in a walking boot moving around our practice insider passing that along to me yesterday uh, saying that it looks like yeah Longson probably not going to play this week and that would mean that Chandon Herring that job is his for the time being also at Right tackle Keanu Saliapaga listed as the starter there. No or next to his name, and Harris LeChance's name. LeChance now listed as the backup at right tackle. Um, with the injury to Kiefer Longson, the BYU coaching staff feels comfortable slotting Harris LeChance inside at guard if need be so I very much think that this could be a fluid situation at right tackle where if they need a backup or a guy to go in at the guard spots, Harris Lachance goes in there and then Thomas Schoaf, uh the senior offensive lineman for the BYU offensive line would technically be the backup at right tackle at that point which would make for an interesting uh, situation there but I think there are three guys there that can definitely play in the BYU He's comfortable with one other note from our practice insider along the offensive line yesterday was that Tristan Hodge, BYU's right guard, was not practicing yesterday. Our practice insider said he didn't necessarily notice anything injury wise with Hodge, but that he was in street clothes the entire practice and did not participate in drills, which opened the door for Clark Barrington, a redshirt freshman offensive lineman, six foot six, three hundred and ten pounds. Uh, he's out of uh, Washington, a guy who has really moved up to the depth chart this week. Now let's is the backup at right guard. Well, yesterday he took all of the reps with the ones at right guard and he's definitely impressed in recent weeks and it sounds like he could be in line if Tristan Hodge is not able to play this week. Clark Barrington could be in line to make his first start in a BYU uniform. And going back to my comment about Harris LeChance moving inside, well very much at that point LeChance is probably your swing backup at right tackle, left guard and right guard. He's kind of that swing lineman that can play all of those positions. And help fill depth gaps for BYU. You'll hear more about uh, Clark Barrington and his rise uh, from uh, Eric Mateos, BYU's offensive line coach, here in a moment, but I just wanted to run down some of the notes when it comes to the BYU depth chart. One final thing before we get to Coach Mateos is that it's strong safety now. Redshirt senior Bo Tanner is now the starter at strong safety. Last week he was listed as the co-starter alongside Sawyer Powell. They had the or next to their names. But this week Bo Tanner the clear starter alongside Austin Lee for BYU at safety. So there you go. Some of the news and notes revolving around the BYU football program. Some insider tidbits about the BYU offensive line from our practice insider. We'll get more of those to you as the week rolls on as our practice insider Weighs in on what he's seeing at BYU practice this week ahead of their game against USF on Saturday. One final note that BYU and USF line, well, we talked about it on Monday, how it swung from six and a half points all the way down to minus four in favor of BYU. Well, guess what? It went right back up to six points. So Money is going to flying on both sides of this line, but BYU now very much closer to a touchdown favorite, like they originally thought to be. But that line will continue to swing. To make it move as many as two and a half points in two days is absolutely wild, and we'll see how it shakes out at the end of the week. All right, uh, we're going to talk with Eric Mateos here in a minute. Before we do that, though, I do need to tell you guys about Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats wants to help you create an a memory that'll last you a lifetime. Use the Vivid Seats app to get your t- your favorite live event. Use the promo code KICKOFF to save yourself up to $100 on your purchase using the Vivid Seats app. Check that out, guys. A fantastic offer for our listeners here on Locked on Cougars. All right, guys. I had a great chance to sit down with Eric Mateos yesterday after practice. Uh, BYU's offensive line has had their issues in recent weeks. Some critical uh, false start penalties, inability to pick up short yardage first downs and third and short and third and medium distances. Eric Mateos is a guy who doesn't mince words. He's very straightforward about what he thinks about his offensive line group. He was both cutting and also praise, praising his offensive line in this interview. So let's get to it. We'll get out of the way and let Eric Mateos weigh in on how his offensive line looks right here on Locked on Cougars. As we approach the midway point of the season, how do you feel your group
1: as a whole has performed? Um, I think we've had some really great moments and some really abysmal moments. I mean I think the word there is inconsistency and I think that's um, a little bit of a microcosm of what our season's been like up to this point point. it feels like we've performed well against some really high level competition and we've had moments where we, we look almost um, like we're lost and so um, I think the way I would assess them is We just have to be able to consistently perform at a high level because we've had flashes of just pure brilliance and then we've had some moments or series where you just, you're a little bit uh, puzzled at at the production that we're we're having, so I think uh, it's a little bit hot and cold, kind of like our offense has been, so... Coach
0: Satake said Monday that some of the young players, some of the youthful mistakes, we're talking, I guess you would say, like some of the face mask penalties, false starts, and critical situations in these games, and stuff he wants to see go away at this point in the season. So I think you probably agree with that assessment, false starts wise.
1: False starts, yeah. I mean, it's so hard. False starts are so hard because if you overemphasize it, it becomes kind of a don't spill the milk thing. Okay. You know, it becomes like when you fill your glass up too full of milk and you're walking to the table yeah. with it and you say don't spill it and you always spill it. And so you don't wanna you don't wanna overemphasize don't fall start and then the guys are playing slow or yeah. they're thinking about false starting rather than thinking about their assignment. Where on the other hand, is it's unacceptable. It's an unacceptable penalty, it, and I always tell it to the guys. It's it, those are the penalties that require no talent. Yep. That, that's what that's what irks you yep. is, as as a football player and specifically college offensive lineman, you have to be perfect at the things that require no talent. You're going to get beat mano a mano every now and then. That's part of the game, especially when you play quality opponents. But uh, when you when, when you make the mistakes and the things that require no talent, those are inexcusable, and I won't, I won't put up with it. Um, the unit uh, is, is really holding themselves accountable with it right now, and I, I, I certainly hope it improves. And um, if it doesn't, uh, I don't think it's, it's based on any one thing. I think it's just a lack of focus at really inopportune times, which is the real frustrating part about it right now. I think
0: a lot of people made a lot of the failures in third and short, especially in that Toledo game. What were your thoughts on that in terms of not being able to convert consistently in third and short?
1: Well, so... Um, you probably won't find anything that... Um, as you can hear, I'm a little bit sick, and it's because I haven't been sleeping yeah. very well, and it's because I literally think about it every night, uh, constantly. And the problem is... is some of our issues on third and short are not. You can't point to one thing, okay. and so like if you just go back to beginning of the season, for example, one of the first third and shorts of the season, we ran a mesh concept and we had one guy open, one guy not. We didn't throw it to the open guy. Well, so that's a simple. That's a yeah. simple fix, right? Mm-hmm. And then you look at a third and short in the USC game. Or uh, the first, the Tennessee game, where it's third and one. We call what we call a fastball mm-hmm. to hurry up and run a play. Okay. Yeah. And uh, and we had an incompletion on the RPO. And um, the run probably would have got it. But you know what? This, the quarterback made the decision he thought was right, and I didn't just necessarily disagree with him. And then you look at ten, uh, USC. Then we have a third and one down in, our, in the red zone, which was before we went forward on fourth down where um, Brady, who's been our most consistent player, has a mental mistake and doesn't go to his left, and the guy hits Tyson in the backfield, and we have to go for it on fourth one, and we ultimately don't get that one either. Yeah. And so I think the things you have to look at is what is – is there a consistent problem? I don't know that there's like a one thing where we could say like we're getting our tails kicked on third and one. Mm-hmm. That's not the case. I think it's just the guys understanding the the magnitude of the okay. moment, understanding the importance of situational mm-hmm. football. I mean, there's a there's a there's a great example um, on in our last game of two times where on one third and short where we ran an option play to the to the boundary, we had a misassignment. assignment okay. on a play that we've run hundreds of times. <laughs> and we've run correctly hundreds of times yeah. in practice and in games. And we had a missed, assi- a missed assignment in that moment. And then on another third and short, we get in 12 personnel, we try to run an inside run. And if you watch the play... A right guard, right tackle, do a tremendous job. Get a great double team. James struggles with the zero nose. Our tight end struggled with the end and the Sam on that particular run. And so we had, you know, some guys do a great job. Mm -hmm. A couple guys didn't get their job done. So um, I wish I I could just point and say, like, ah, this is the guy or this is the thing. I think it's just the importance of situational football as a whole has to really – got to really drive that into our players. And as coaches, we have to really own that. Uh, I feel I feel completely responsible for the mistakes or, or a guy getting beat physically. And so um, I'm going to continue emphasizing in our room, situational football, how important it is. Um, but again, it goes back to just like your false start question. It's, you make some mistakes, but if we – if I go out here and everybody gets all tight and been out of shape on third and one, I don't know that we're going to perform that great in that situation either. So it's a balancing act of just emphasizing its importance to the players. I wanted to ask you about some of the
0: younger guys on this offensive line, guys like Clark Barrington, JT Jets. We've seen their names enter the depth chart in recent weeks. What have they done to kind of earn their way onto that depth chart?
1: Yeah, well, um, JT's still, he's still developing. He's not quite as far along as Clark is. Clark's just gritty and tough I mean um, you know it, I'm not always gonna play the five prettiest guys or travel the ten prettiest guys but I'm gonna oh always God. make a point of emphasis to travel the guys that I think are tough and uh, and that's that's not gonna change and Clark's just been tough since day one he's a, he's not he's not super well refined technique technique wise. But he's just he's just tough. He just he grits his teeth and he puts his puts his face down the middle of people and moves people and so I just I'm impressed he's got I'm impressed with how he's grown since spring football. He's really come a long ways and put himself in position where he, he could play for us. So almost,
0: almost just a sheer grit thing in terms of. You well,
1: you gotta, you gotta learn, you gotta learn. I mean, yeah. you gotta learn the playbook. Yeah. I mean, we don't run the most complicated playbook in the world, but we also, uh, it's not like an elementary playbook. There's nuances. You know? There's to nuances to, it. to yeah. everything, especially in the O line. We have a lot of calls and a lot of adjustments versus different things, and and those are the things that you have to grow at, grow as a player. You know, for example, our last opponent. Um, did something in our game that they didn't show during the during the course yeah. of the season, and an experienced player has to be ready for those moments because the defense doesn't have to play what they show on yeah. film. Yeah. You know, they're they're capable
0: of playing whatever they want. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would have been I would have been really happy if they would have played the same defense they did against Colorado State. I would have been thrilled with that, but they didn't. But that part of the maturity is understanding recognizing what it is and okay I know what this is I, I recognize it and being ready for it mm-hmm. whereas sometimes a younger inexperienced player they're like wait a second I have no idea what this is I have no idea what to do or how to solve the problems it's it, it almost sounds like it's just it's it- the number of reps. Eventually, you figure it out, right? Yeah, it's 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 so much based on. It's just like life as yeah. an adult I experience. Mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, event like I remember the first time I paid taxes, I had no idea what I was doing, and and I'm pretty sure I screwed them up, and now I think I'm a tax expert. So, <laughs> you know, it's just it's just like anything else in life. The more you do it, the more comfortable you get with it. And uh, unfortunately, O line is just one of those positions where it's such tight quarters and there's so many fast moving parts where it just takes time for guys. And I think you're seeing even that some from some of our guys that have played, you know, I mean, we've had moments where all of our returning starters have played really well, but we've also had moments where some of our returning stars have not played well. And, and they, yes, they've played, but there's some moments where they that come up in a game that they might not have ever experienced before, and uh, and it taught them a hard lesson. And so that's what we're continuing, uh, continually trying to fight through. And, and and we can't just be great when the defense yeah. does what we expect. What we you're seeing to, on film. Ex- yeah, we need to be great all the time. Because I mean, you know, if you look at the game. You know, I think well I don't know how many times we passed it, maybe fifty times we passed it. And we gave up we gave up one sack as a unit and we gave up one quarterback pressure as a unit. And you would say, ah, oh, you know, numbers wise, that's not bad. But the thing that bothered me the most about that play is both of the things that caused a sack and a pressure were things that we had worked on. Okay. Yeah. And were things that we have had covered. So you know, as a coach, I got to keep pressing that we're we're presenting these these looks <laughs> mm-hmm. for a reason, and you have to be ready for those moments. And then, as a player, though, you have to be ready for the moments that maybe we didn't practice. Because, like I said before, no defense is tied to do the same thing that they've always done. I mean, you
0: can't go out there and say, "Hey, run what you ran." Come on. No, no. It's.
1: <laughs> I wish it was that beautiful. And some defenses do do that. Yeah. I've played some teams that do what they do, and they never change, and they still kick your tail. But yeah, there's. Also, you know, when when you're playing a team on the road like that that has experience, um, they're not just going to do exactly what they what they've always done. I mean, if you if any coach is going to change, make some changes, and which is we have to do on offense, and because that's what we're going to see from defenses. Last thing for me, we've seen I'm um, Chandon and Key for kind of going back and forth
0: that left guard spot in particular. Where does that stand? Have you kind of established one
1: or the other? Is it still just going to keep going back and forth? Yeah, I mean, my, my standard has always been that your job is earned on a weekly basis in practice. Um, you can't earn a job in a game. Yeah. Um, you can't you, – you could lose a job in a game. There are guys that, that might not necessarily um, hold up their end of the bargain when it comes game time but on a weekly basis on a day-to-day basis guys have to earn their job and it's in the meeting room it's in the weight room it's with academics it's with their body weights i yep. mean I'll, i i have no hesitation of not playing somebody because they're not keeping their body weight where we want it to be so it's a huge accountability thing and um when you do have guys enough guys that you could make some changes i think it's good because it keeps guys on edge and no one's really getting complacent which I think is the key to having offensive line success which unfortunately I think there's a lot of moments uh, in this first part of the season where we where we listen to too many people talking about how good we were and uh you know that's 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 poison and I think we heard too many of those too much of that noise especially in the offseason I kept trying to tell people you know stop giving us the crown but
0: but, uh,
1: well not just that because no one's expectations are higher than ours yeah. but but when you're a 20 year old guy and somebody tells you how awesome you are eventually you're going to start believing it and so my job is to keep punching them in the teeth and let them know hey, you're not all that and I think we've had some of those awakening moments here the last couple games that Uh, have you've seen it in practice our guys have kind of gone back to some of the roots of of our toughness and our grit which is good to see because I think I think we performed really uh, really well versus Southern California and I think we got a little bit too big for our britches on the O-line so hopefully we get back to you know kind of gritting our teeth and make sure no one knows who we are coach thanks so much appreciate it bro
0: there you go Eric Mateos they drank the poison got a little bit big for their britches Now, that will tell you a lot right there. He feels like BYU, after those wins over Tennessee and USC and even going into the season, all the praise that was heaped upon them, some of it here on this podcast, as well as other media members saying that BYU's offensive line could be the strength of this team, they took it to heart and they really started getting it inside their heads. And he feels like the losses to both Washington and now Toledo hopefully have knocked them back down to earth, but pretty it, pretty cutting information there, a pretty, pretty cutting remark uh, from Eric Mateos about his offensive line. But you also heard him talk about the failures in third and short. He wants those fixed. He says it's keeping him up at night. He says he can't pinpoint any particular reason why they've had the issues in third and shorts, but he wants it fixed, and I think that's music to BYU fans' ears, and thanks to Eric Mateos for joining me here on Locked On Cougars. A great interview. Like I said, one of my favorite guys to talk to on the BYU coaching staff. Very straightforward. He praises his guys, but he also isn't afraid to call them out when need be, both in the media, and I'm sure what he's telling me is only half of, if not less than that, then he's telling his guys in the meeting rooms there at the SAB in Provo. So thanks again to Eric Mateos for joining us here on Locked On Cougars. couple of notes to get to in terms of other BYU sports here in just a moment, but we do need to take a minute today and talk to you about our title sponsor here on the podcast, Deseret First Credit Union. You guys have heard me talk about these guys each and every day on this podcast, but can't thank them enough for their continued support. Right now, you guys probably have probably been driving up and down the I-15 corridor or wherever you're at, even if you're not even in the state of Utah. You've seen that interest rates are extremely low. Well, Deseret First Credit Union wants you to consider maybe looking at refinancing your mortgage, keep extra money in your pocket and fund a passion project or whatever your why is right now. They want to help you guys out. Make sure you have the extra money in your pocket because that way you can just do whatever you want with it. With a no-cost refinancing from Deseret First Credit Union, you can get locked into a low rate for absolutely nothing and potentially save yourself up to hundreds of dollars a month, guys. Hundreds, you heard me right. Hundreds of dollars a month. Check it out. DFCU Mortgage and their mortgage... Excuse me, the DFCU Mortgage Team will work with you to find the right loan for your financial situation. I've bought two homes in my short life at this point. Some of you guys are first-time homebuyers. Some of you are much more experienced than I am. Some of you have investment properties. Regardless of where you're at on whichever plane of life you're in, they the DFCU Mortgage Team can help you find the right loan for your financial situation, guys. Call them, 801-456-7070, or visit dfcu.com to apply in five minutes or less, guys. Deseret First Credit Union, great partners of Locked On Cougars. Let them know that Catch and Locked On Cougars sent you when you do give them that call. But also remember, Deseret First Credit Union, you know why, we show how. Of course, membership and eligibility required, OAC. Terms and conditions apply equal housing lender. We'll get back to Locked On Cougars here in just a moment. but do need to take a minute and talk to you today about our good friends at All Guard Pest Control. Seth Baird and his team are the best of the best when it comes to pest control issues. A company based right here in Utah. They're based in Utah County in particular, but capable of servicing anybody up and down the Wasatch Front. Whether you're in Davis County, Weber County, Salt Lake County, even Tooele and Wasatch Counties, they can make sure you're taken care of so that you don't have any concerns when it comes to your pest control issues. Seth and his team, big time BYU fans, and they'd love to service your home. They have great services. They offer a quarterly pest control program, which is awesome for people who don't ever want to see a pest and have that peace of mind knowing that no creepy crawly thing is going to show up in the middle of the winter coming up here. But They also have one-time services. You have an issue that you need treated one time, they'll come out, they'll take care of it, and they're not going to sign you to a contract that requires you to have them come out multiple times after that. They'll take care of it the one time, and then they'll just leave you alone. They are a fantastic company. They have the greatest online review I've seen in quite some time. You can look them up. All Guard Pest Control, five-star reviews up and down the board. They do a great job. They're also the termite experts in Utah County as well if you need those services. Give them a call, 801-851-1812 or go to controls.com. Let them know the Locked On Cougars and Jake Hatch sent you. Seth and his team will make sure you're taken care of. Once again, All Guard Pest Control, 801-851-1812 or go to allguardpestcontrols.com controls.com. All right, guys, as we close out today's edition of Locked on Cougars, want to thank you guys again for joining us each and every day. Please follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Check out the show at Locked on Cougars. My personal Twitter feed, you can find me at Jacob C. Hatch. And of course, if you'd like to weigh in with any of your thoughts, concerns, or if you want to even advertise with our podcast, please email us locked on BYU at gmail.com. Love to hear from you guys. Love when our listeners weigh in with their thoughts on what going on in BYU sports and of course more than happy to have your thoughts on the podcast as well couple of notes for you before we go on today's show. Uh, Transfer Portal news, breaking this here on Locked On Cougar. So if you're listening to this early on a Wednesday morning, you're going to be one of the first to know about this because nobody else has this information. Colby Lafson, and I know that's not a huge deal, but Colby Lafson, a walk-on guard slash forward for the BYU basketball program, has entered the NCAA Transfer Portal, according to my sources. Of course, Lafson has been a part of the program under Dave Rose for the last couple of years. Not necessarily a big part of the rotation, but a guy who very much was a valuable piece in terms of prepping his teammates as the scout team, etc. But he has officially entered the NCAA transfer portal at this point in his career and will be looking for a new home to play college basketball. Wishing him nothing but the best as he moves forward in his, B- in his basketball career. Don't have any idea where he's going to land. He wasn't a scholarship player for BYU, but a walk-on at six foot four hundred ninety pounds from Suwannee, Georgia. Played at Gwinnett, North Gwinnett High School. Played at BYU before a mission, then came back and joined the program following a mission, but wishing him nothing but the best going forward. He had a career average for BYU of 1.6 points per game, 0.2 assists per game, 0.3 rebounds per game, and 0.1 steals per game. That's during the 2016-17 season before going on a mission. So, Colby Leifson, best of luck to him as he moves forward in his basketball career. One other note, oh, two other notes before we go here is that uh, the women's and men's cross country teams are now both ranked number two in the country. Absolutely fantastic to see this. The women's team has moved up in the national polls. Uh, the Cougars remain at number two for the 13th consecutive week on the men's side of things, but it's the first time both teams have been ranked this high, speaking of them both ranked number two in the country at the same time in program history. Congratulations to both the men's and women's cross-country teams. Both of them big contenders for national titles this year. And we're looking forward to seeing how they do the rest of the season. And then the final note from today's show is congratulations to the BYU men's golf program. They tied for first at the Pate Intercollegiate down there at Vistevias Hills in Alabama. Uh, they officially led after the first two rounds at 18-under. Didn't have their strongest final round, but finished tied for first with Colorado State at 17-under through the three rounds. Congratulations to the Cooper on the solid showing there in Alabama. They'll be back in action later this month as they head to Stockton, California to participate in the Pacific Invitational. That's October 21st to the 23rd. We'll get you more information as that tournament draws closer. But that marks, in terms of what BYU's done so far in their golf season, two first-place finishes and a second-place finish. They're absolutely rolling right now, Bruce Brockbank's program is. That's awesome to see. All right, that'll do it for today's edition of the show. We'll be back tomorrow recapping BYU Basketball Media Day. We'll also uh, talk with BYU fullback slash tight end uh, Kyle Griffiths, the lone Florida native on this program on this BYU football program. Get his thoughts on going home to play a game against South Florida. Great conversation. I think you guys will enjoy it. That'll be on tomorrow's edition of the show. Until then, enjoy whatever's left of your Wednesday. This has been Locked on Cougars for October 9th, 2019.